Hello. Welcome to the World Screwed Up and That's Okay podcast. This is episode 12 and my name is Dawn Walton. I'm a therapist and brain reprogrammer. In this episode, we're going to talk about sleep. And we're going to talk about two aspects of sleep. One is the kind of science and the way the brain's programmed around sleep. And the other one is around what causes insomnia and what you can do about it. So let's talk about the brain. We know I love to talk about the brain. (laughs) So in a standard eight hour sleep cycle, now just bear with me on this one because I know a lot of people don't get a standard eight hours, but let's just look at the, the core structure. In a standard eight hour sleep cycle, there is two hours of REM sleep, rapid eye movement sleep, and six hours of deep sleep. In the six hours of deep sleep, your body is recharging. Your brain is recharging, your body's recharging, the healing happens, the cells are rejuvenating, all of that really cool stuff. In the two hours of REM sleep, what's happening is it's like you've got a mini therapist in your head. Your brain is doing the filing. It's taking everything that's happened in your day and it's trying to put it in the context of all the pathways in your brain to understand how it affects what you've experienced previously. This is a reconsolidation theory approach where it's just updating. And actually, they found that you can cure phobias by manipulating that REM sleep. So it's a really important part of the cycle. But actually, what's most important is the balance between how much of your sleep is REM sleep and how much of your sleep is deep sleep. It's not so much the number of hours as what's happening in those hours that matters. Now, the recharging process that happens in your brain and body, this is triggered by the release of melatonin. Melatonin is released somewhere from 9 p.m. onwards in the evening, peaks at around midnight, 1 o'clock, tends to trail off through to 4 o'clock in the morning, 5 o'clock in the morning. And this is why if you don't get a particularly good night's sleep, a daytime nap can help your eyes stop drooping, but they don't feel recharged because of it because you're not doing it in the context of having melatonin released so that sleep cycle in those core hours is critical now one of the things that's interesting about melatonin is blue screens the the light that you get from your phone or your ipad or your tablet actually inhibits the production of melatonin so you don't get as much produced so using screens before you go to sleep can be detrimental to the depth of your sleep. So this is the standard process that your brain and body are designed to go through. And by recharging your brain over that deep sleep cycle, you have the capacity to think straight as you go through the day. This is why when you're pregnant, Very often your sleep's not so good and you find it impossible to think straight. Or when you have poor sleep, you find it difficult to focus. You find yourself more emotional because the cognitive part of your brain, which at best you have for 10% of the day anyway, is not getting recharged. No batteries means that you can't, you're defaulting to the subconscious, which kind of you work pretty well on autopilot. But you notice yourself uh, making a cup of tea with cold water or something like that. Or, you know, when I had pregnancy brain, I once went shopping and I bought a DVD 
and it took me two days to find it and I found it in the fridge. <laughs> so, you know, it's amazing uh, how much we can do on autopilot, but also how much doesn't quite work on autopilot. So we have this standard structure for our brain. So then we have to look at what can get in the way of that standard structure. So I've, I've dealt with clients that have had insomnia their whole life that have never really slept well. So generally speaking, problems with your sleep cycle are caused by problems in your daytime cycle. So if you've got stuff going on in your day, stuff that you're not able to resolve, you go into your REM sleep cycle and when your brain tries to do the filing, it'll pick up a bit of paper or something and it'll go, oh, where does this go? Oh, I don't know. I'll get around to that later. And it puts it down and it grabs something else. And it goes, oh, I don't know where that goes either. And I'll get around to that later. And what happens is your REM sleep cycle gets extended, which means by definition, your deep sleep gets reduced. And if your deep sleep's reduced, your brain's not recharging. And if your brain's not recharging, you go into the next day unable to process stuff fully. Which means you then go into the nighttime cycle, REM sleep can't do its thing, REM sleep gets extended, deep sleep gets reduced. So this is how the cycle is created, where daytime stuff causes a problem with your nighttime stuff. The other thing to be aware of with sleep is it's in our programming to wake up alert. Because we've talked about this before, we're programmed from a caveman principle. So it's not uncommon when you've got stuff going on and when you experience anxiety to notice a sensation very similar to anxiety when you first wake up and that can actually make you more alert than you would have been otherwise especially if you're not getting a good night's sleep so you're light in your sleep and you're coming out of it then you're alert and your system all kicks off so the sleep ends up not being restorative in any way shape or form which means that to get through your day is a huge achievement. This is why a lack of quality sleep can be such an issue. We all know it's an issue, but we all still beat ourselves up for the way we behave after a poor night's sleep. So what can we do about it? Well, there's a few different ways we can approach this. We can look at this component of daytime problems cause nighttime problems. You can at one end of the spectrum, have some therapy, sort out your head so that your sleep cycle will fall back into place. So um, it's particularly true when somebody has experienced trauma as a child. We've talked in a previous podcast about how trauma with a child activates all the alert systems, but because it happens when you're a child, it doesn't default back to the switched off state. Whereas if it happens when you're an adult, you've got a before and after that you can go back to. So as a child, you end up in this permanent state of high alert. Now, can you imagine if you're camped around saber-toothed tigers, then sleeping deeply is not a good idea. It means you, you need to be available for any noise, any trigger at any point. So those who've experienced traumatic childhoods very often have a disrupted sleep. Through therapy, we clear the trauma, and by clearing the trauma, the sleep pattern falls in line. Even if it's not trauma, some disruptive experience growing up that makes it hard to process stuff where you always feel that everybody's judging you or you're not good enough is going to lead you into a sleep cycle 
where it's tricky to have a restful sleep because it's tricky for your brain to process that stuff. So the first option is therapy so that your sleep can go into a normal cycle. Second option is one of the self-help tools. So one of the things that causes a problem in this REM sleep is difficulty filing stuff. And you may have noticed that those thoughts that you have just as you're falling asleep are the most useless thoughts <laughs> that you can ever have because actually you're in this semi-conscious state and they feel really big, but actually they're not that logical and you can't do anything about it in that moment. So it's the most useless time to have a thought. However, if you're struggling anyway with the thoughts racing and spiraling in your head, then you are in the habit of paying attention to those thoughts and that will stop you sinking fully into sleep. It'll also mean when you do go into sleep, you're in this REM sleep cycle with an inability to process those thoughts. So what we can do is we can get a head start on it. We can do a little exercise that allows you to get a head start on processing your thoughts. By doing this exercise, when you go into your REM sleep, it's like pre-filing. So your REM sleep can then work out where everything goes, which means your deep sleep gets restored to normal, which means the next day you have some chance of dealing with your stuff. So what's this exercise? It's a very simple exercise, and it's based on the fact that we always believe our thoughts. Thoughts feel real. I mean, if you think about who you are, who are you? How do you know who you are? And actually, most of the things you know about yourself are created by your thoughts. But your thoughts are really transient and they change all the time. And just a shift in perspective can fundamentally alter your thoughts on things. So they're not real. They're all made up. But we, we struggle to not believe them. So if you're standing on top of a building and you step towards the edge of the building and your brain goes, whoa, back off, are you going to die? Of course, you're going to go, oh, good point, and back off. You step on the bottom rung of a stepladder and your head goes, whoa, go any higher, you're going to die. You're also going to go, oh, good point, and get off the stepladder. It's not the thought that's causing you the problem. It's believing and acting on the thought that causes the problem. If you could recognize it was just a thought and it wasn't true, you could carry on up the stepladder. You shouldn't carry on off the edge of the building, obviously. And that's the problem. We think all our thoughts are edge of the building thoughts, whereas actually they're just stepladder thoughts. So this exercise is to learn to allow your thoughts to come and go. So when you go to bed, as the thoughts start racing, what you do is every single thought that you have, you allow it into your head. You can't stop thinking, so don't even try. If I tell you to think of nothing, you're going to think of the word nothing, the number zero or an empty space, and the empty space will have a color because you can't think of empty, right? So you can't think of nothing. So don't try. Don't try and stop your thoughts. Allow them to come in, but don't let them stay. So as soon as the thought comes into your head, you need to turn it into some sort of object and then get rid of it. Now, the object and the visualization is up to you. A common one my clients use is they turn thoughts into bubbles that they pop. I have people who do like a swipe right on Tinder kind of thing. I have people who do flushing them down the toilet. So all that matters is that you follow two rules. So the first rule is every thought turns into exactly the same object. The goal here is not to think about your thoughts, to categorize them, to analyze them, to be selective on the ones that you let in and let go of. You're taking every 
single thought, which means no matter what the thought is about, it turns into the same object. If it's always a bubble, it's always a bubble. The second rule is we're trying to get rid of the thoughts, so they must fully disappear. So as you let the thought in, you turn it into a bubble, you pop it, it's gone. It's not okay to scrunch it up and throw it in the bin or putting it in a filing cabinet because it's not gone. You're keeping the thought. The goal here is that for that time when you're falling asleep, you actually get rid of every single thought. You let every thought in. You're conscious of the thought and you dismiss the thought rather than engage with it and let it become another thought and another thought and another thought. And you do that until you fall asleep. And I'll tell you what, it will bore you to sleep every time. It's really hard to do this for any length of time if you're doing it properly because you're just clearing the space and it puts you to sleep way better than counting sheep, even if your sheep have leg warmers and headbands on like mine do and they have to do an assault course. I can do about three three sheep in that mode but um, before I fall asleep, but the thought one is even better. <laughs> and actually it has the other advantage, unlike the sheep, of pre-filing so that when you go into your REM sleep cycle, you've already sorted through your thoughts it's got more chance of doing it then. If you wake up in the middle of the night and find your thoughts racing, just do this exercise again. In fact, you can do this exercise through the day at any point. You can learn to do it. It's a really tricky exercise to do. It sounds remarkably simple, but it's really tricky to take every single thought you have. Now, what I do say is if you find the same thought keeps coming back or the thoughts are very much connected, then maybe try and change your visualization because you need to make sure it's fully going away. Simple exercise, not believe the thoughts. And the thoughts are often the things that stop us, A, going to sleep and B, getting a decent quality of sleep. So that deals with the head side of things. And then we can deal with the feeling side of things. This idea that when you wake up, you're in this heightened sense already, or when you go to bed, because of your, your past issues, you're in a heightened state of alert. So we need to do something to clear that out. And actually, it's a very similar to the thought thing. We can't stop feeling. Therapy might make, uh, make those feelings smaller or less likely to be triggered, but essentially you're human and you're going to have emotions. But what we can do is try and avoid them building up inside of us. So... You can use tapping. So if you imagine you have, you're doing a karate chop with your hand, the point at which your karate chop connects, that's where you tap and you tap with two or three fingers on your other hand into that karate chop point. Tappy tap, 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 tappy tap, tap, that kind of space. Not that hard, just tapping. What you're doing by tapping at that point is you're sending an electrical signal into your brain. You're disrupting a lit up part of your brain and the lit up part of your brain is lit up with the emotions. So while you're tapping, you're kind of doing this little exercise to clear the emotions. So you tap even though, and then you say what you're feeling. Louise Hay said, you can't clean the house unless you see the dirt. So we're being honest and open about what we're feeling. We're being in it, in the feeling. So even though I'm feeling stressed, even though I'm feeling overwhelmed, even though I'm feeling anxious, even though I'm worried about not getting enough sleep, whatever it is, doesn't really matter. You tap, tappy tap, tap while you're saying even though, and then you say, I release and let go of this feeling. Even though I'm worried about not getting enough sleep, I release and let go of this feeling. Even though today's been really stressful and I've been struggling to cope, I release and let go of this feeling. 
even though I feel tomorrow is going to be just as bad, I release and let go of this feeling. Even though I feel jittery inside, I release and let go of this feeling. Even though I feel, ah, I release and let go of this feeling. Doesn't matter what it is. So you can tap before you go to sleep and you can tap when you wake up in the morning. So tapping is allowing those emotions to flow in the same way as we allow the thoughts to flow. We're just not letting stuff stop. We're clearing through, doing a bit of a cleansing and allowing ourselves to go into that sleep state with the best chance of having the quality of sleep that we need to recharge mind and body. So hopefully this has been useful. Um, other tricks about insomnia, we can get into patterns really easily. Uh, our brains learn through experience. So one of the hardest things is, and I know this personally happens, if you get in the habit of waking up at 4.30 in the morning, then it's really hard to break the habit. So we have to take specific action to grow new pathways that do the behaviours that we want to do. And then we have to reinforce those pathways. Now, there's little tricks that you can do. There are smells that are relaxing. You can um, think of yourself in a calm, relaxed situation. Now, it can be a specific memory of something that happened, or it can be just something you do that makes you feel most calm and relaxed. You can then, while you're in that state of remembering that, you can smell the smell. Now, lavender is supposedly quite a good smell. Um, it's supposed to aid sleep. For me, lavender is not so good. I have an allergic reaction to it. It gives me a cold. So uh, if that's the case with you, do not do that. <laughs> so choose a smell you like. And then what you can do is you can have um, a rag or something underneath your pillow. You can take a sniff of it and it will anchor you back into that same state and it will make it easier to go to sleep. Again, if you wake up in the middle of the night, you can do that. You can remember that, that using your phone, using a tablet, any sort of screen, even with a special night mode, can inhibit the production of melatonin. We hear commonly about if you can't sleep, get up, break the pattern. I'm not sure about that, but I uh, I listen to an audible book before I go to sleep. And that gives me, because um, I've got a, an Amazon device in my room, I've got the one that's the ball, so it's just got the clock on it, and it's voice activated, so as I feel tired, I can just, I don't have to wake myself up to stop the book. Uh, find a healthy routine that allows your mind to settle, allows your body to settle. If you're into yoga, meditation, those sort of things, if they work for you, you can do them. Uh, if you're into writing positive things down, you can do that. Just remember the state that you're in before you go to sleep is critical to your brain and body's ability to process the sleep cycle. And again, you can do stuff when you get up in the morning. So you can you can do things, but in order to break a pattern, you need to do it repeatedly. You need to grow a new pathway through action and action that you notice and you observe. So it is not enough to just try it and go, it doesn't work. You have to do something consistently so that the old pathway dies off and the new pathway is grown. So remember that. That's, that's kind of a critical part of the process. And what you're looking for is any difference, any of these things that work. So it's a toolkit. Try things at work 
And if you have had insomnia your whole life, if you are aware that you've got stuff going on in your life, then remember I talk about awareness, acceptance and action. Be aware what's causing it. Accept that sometimes your situation is going to mean your sleep's disrupted and then take whatever action you need to correct it. And sometimes that action can be just a little fix. Sometimes that action is a little bit bigger and you'll need to go and see a therapist to help sort yourself out. I'll speak to you all again soon.